This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Brooke Keels, the Senior Director of Counseling and Program Strategy here at Mercy. I am your one of your other hosts, <laughs> Melanie Wise, the Senior yes. Director of Outreach here at Mercy. Awesome. Yes. And I'm your third host, <laughs> Rachel Thomas. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> coordinator. I know. It's like one, two, and three. Uh, what do I do? Oh, yes. Podcast coordinator, content specialist, and we're pumped. And we're pumped too because uh, we're at we're on our last keys to freedom today. But this is a really cool one because I've seen this work in my own life. It's so practical. It's just it's a, I love going back to this one over and over and going, okay, Lord, where do I need to like partner with you in this? process and this freedom journey process. And so today we're going to be diving into some keys, some really some habits that we utilize with our residents here at Mercy, but please don't check out when I say that because this is for everybody. Like truly this is uh, so essential to being able to walk in the things that we have talked about really so far and partner with Jesus in that journey. So yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Um, and it's funny you say that, that we're like talking about stuff with residents. They'll be like, oh, I don't, people are like, I don't need residential. Yeah, you probably do. I mean, really, it'd be, it'd be great for all of us. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just telling you something. Our residents are rock stars. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact they choose, you know, are able to come and I understand some people can't for various reasons, but the fact that every single one of them walk through the doors and then get to this point of maintaining lifelong freedom and then execute that it's it's just an incredible thing and an aspiring thing um inspiring thing how about that we can yeah. aspire and it's inspiring <laughs> right, Those right. Are yeah and so anyway but really the final key is all about focusing on our choices right yeah. that um and maintaining freedom and wholeness in life um and so we call these the four stay-ins here at mercy the first one is to stay in the word and that might sound obvious, but staying in the word of God cannot be underestimated, right? So once you have had revelation, you're hearing from the Lord and he's brought freedom, um, it doesn't end there. It's a continuous process, a continuous um, place of allowing him to grow you and pour into you in each and every season um, that you walk through. And through his word, that's where he reveals his heart to us, how he directs us and speaks to our life um, and our you know, true identity as his children. And so... I just really think um, it's just vital to stay in that place. And it's kind of sometimes one of the first places that we will bail on, right? One of the first keys, I guess, or not keys, excuse me, stay in that we'll bail on is like, well, I really know the Bible. And I'll just tell you as a preacher's kid, after a while, I wasn't interested anymore. <laughs> I was like, I know it. There's nothing you can tell me. You know? And then as I was diving in, I was like, oh, there's so many things, <laughs> you know, which sounds so stupid and immature, but it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, so, <laughs> and it was, yeah, that's cause it was. Um, yeah. and so this is just really the, uh, you know, just number one, where you've got to, to, to stay in his word, to maintain that freedom that you have partnered and fought with the Lord for. So, yeah. And keep in mind guys, while we're talking about these stay-ins, you know, um, even when it comes to like 
our residents and graduates of our program, these are the things that we have, I mean, when, when a girl starts struggling or a young woman starts struggling, um, we, we, this is like a kind of first place we go to of like, how yeah. are we doing in these, how are we doing in the four stay-ins? Like, right. yeah, because really all four of these are important. And if you're like, you know what, I think I'll just, I'm just going to do three. Right. And, and you think <laughs> that right. it's almost kind of yeah. like we're holistic beings that one part affects the other. I think the same thing with these four stay-ins, like okay. all four of these need to be active in your life. And when they're not, you're not going to be living your fullest and you're right. not. And if you're really finding yourself struggling spiritually, this is a great place to start. Right. <laughs> How am I doing yeah. in these four areas? So that first one is as convicting as ever. So thank you for that. Brooke, staying in the word. Yeah. Um, the second one is staying in prayer. And again, this can sound very elementary, but when you really understand the fact that prayer is like our, it's our breath, it's how we continue to, it's, it's really the essence of our relationship with him. Um, I, I'm reminded, it's so funny. I've been listening to some of our older podcasts recently, which by the way, it's just really not fun listening to yourself ever, no matter what. Not fun. Yeah, no. But I, I've had I've had to listen to some of our older ones uh, for work purposes, and um, <clears throat> one that I remembered we did with Jen Barnett. Goodness, over a year ago, I think at this point. But you know, I remember her talking about just how the connection that you have with the Lord, especially through prayer, is mm. truly like breathing. And if you don't have that thing going, you're not really breathing. And so she said, especially in relation to the work that she does, she's like, my goal when I sit down with another person is to get them breathing again. Gosh, that's good. And so this whole prayer piece is that connection. It's that heart to heart place. It's that personal connection with the Lord day in, day out. And if you don't have that going, you're not really breathing. Yeah. Um, and so spiritually breathing, uh, you may be physically breathing and existing and that's fine. But um, if you really want to be living life to its fullest, especially just spiritually, like this has to be a big component. And, you know, I mean, prayer can look so many different ways. It can be you know, crying out to him in the car, which if I'm ever going to like cry out to him oh, or yell, it's in the car. It's going to be it's in, in the, the car. car. Right? I'm with you. Yeah. Um, it could just be you sitting down and, and prayer journaling and, and asking the Lord a question and having him speak to you. It's this back and forth thing. It doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to have some methodology. I mean, sometimes people like that. They like to use their acronyms. What a, you know, a praise acronym for prayer. I mean, it's fine. Use that as, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be this super highly structured thing. It's just this day-to-day connection with the Lord. And, you know, I would, I would go back and say that I, the part of prayer that has, that was missing for my life for so many years was the listening piece because mm. I just had never been, I had never been equipped or trained or taught that I can like sit and listen to the Lord and he can talk to me. Right. And I can say from personal experience, I am so thankful, so thankful that I was taught that and had kind of developed that, you know, that skill and that ability to hear from the Holy Spirit in my life prior to some of the hardest, darkest days of my life, which have been within the last five years. Yeah. I've had some of the hardest, darkest seasons of my life and God has used people. God has used his word. God has used counseling. God has used so many things for my healing but I can absolutely testify that the most powerful moments of healing that I have experienced in the darkest days of my life happened when I was just me and the Lord mm. sitting down together and I was letting him speak to me. Good. And so for me, 
prayer is is just absolutely vital, not just to regular, just normal, everyday spiritual health, but also to continue to walk through the pains and hurts of life. Um, oh my God. Yeah, no, that's so good. Absolutely. I forgot that Jim Barnett said that. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that episode because that there were like some major bombs truth bombs good bombs yeah. <laughs> she said yep. in there it was so powerful she always with so jen she always God. every time she speaks i'm just I know. like i'm like oh, you're so great gosh also, <laughs> all the tissues i mean it's like hey, yeah, well no. i didn't not that but yeah, oh. I, you know, yeah. <laughs> i'm in that place right now where everything oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> just just saying but so good <laughs> so there good Mercy Multiplied exists to provide opportunities for all to experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. Our residential program is for women ages 13 to 32, and our outpatient services are for women ages 13 and older. Both programs are voluntary, biblically-based, and completely free of charge. Our goal is to help women in our programs permanently stop destructive cycles, discover purposes for their lives, and experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. If you or someone you know would like to apply to one of our programs, or you'd simply like to find out more information, you can start by heading to our website at mercymultiplied.com. Another stand that we want to encourage you with today and remind you, you know, we've got the word, absolutely prayer, the really that, that lifeline with the Lord of communicating with him. Uh, and then we have the stay in of the good old word fellowship. Had, did anybody grow up with a fellowship hall? You know, oh just, yeah. Just That's all I think of when I hear the word fellowship. <laughs> Fellowship hall where we do the potlucks. That's right. That's right. right. The tail end days of those good potlucks. Anyways, um, but really, anyway. Sorry, yeah, maybe not so good, but you know what I'm saying. Oh no! What? I love banana. Did you? Okay, we had (laughs) the the mystery papers in there. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Y'all. Anyways, right. Sorry. Sorry. Jesus. No, you're good. I could yeah, yeah. I could go off on that for a while, but uh, but it's so important to stay in fellowship with other believers. And I know this can feel tricky because a lot of us have experienced wounding. I mean, hello, we're talking about dealing with people, and especially when it comes to the church, because it feels like, even though we may not say this out loud, it feels like that should be the place where you're safe, right? It feels like that should be the place where you don't have to worry about getting hurt or being thrown under the bus or just any of those people, things you would assume would be an issue in the world. But guess what? Sometimes it can feel like it hurts worse in the church uh, for those (laughs) very reasons. And so what we're saying here, number one, is that it might be important. um, Actually, it probably will be. I'm just speaking out of my own experience here to make sure that you are also walking through healing life's hurts, go back to that key and choosing to forgive because that's going to be really vital. It's going to be really important here because people are going to let you down, especially in the church. It's going to happen. You go into an environment where you're wanting to make a connection and be vulnerable, you know, allowing people to see the, the, the weaknesses in your life. And, and it's, you're, it's going to happen. You're going to get hurt. However, I have experienced some incredible healing in community because the Lord as imperfect and messed up as, as we can be in the way that we treat one another, the Lord very intentionally chooses to use people to not only help heal, but encourage and edify. And even I would say 
bring healing to some of those places of shame that maybe we've experienced in other communities by, by those healthy communities, speaking life back into those old wounds. And so I just want to encourage you today. If you hear that word, you know, fellowship in the, your hair, sticks (laughs) the back of your neck and you're like, Nope, I'm good. And let me be clear too. You can be walking into a church every week, sitting your bottom on a seat um, or your zoom call or whatever. And you may not be in fellowship because there is going to be a level of like, again, this vulnerability, this honesty of allowing, of being honest about your needs with other people. um, That is going to take a level of risk uh, that, isn't going to come just from being passive. It's an actual active thing. And the last thing I would add here is if you go, okay, yeah, I hear that, Rachel, but I just, I don't know, like I, the people I'm around, um, you know, it's, it just doesn't feel positive. Is that the right word? If you continually feel like you're being brought down, that you're not loved and seen and treasured, not just for who you are, but also, um, you know, calling the, calling out the good, I guess, so to, so to speak, people wanting more for you than they want from you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage you to look and evaluate who you're with <laughs> to, to really, you know, go, okay, is this number one, where God wants me to be, but also do I need to set some healthy boundaries? Am I with people who are bringing life or who are sucking the life out of yeah. me, uh, today? So anyways, <laughs> always a good question. Yes. yes. Always a no, but question. I think that's always, that's so good. I mean, we, we talk about it with like teenagers all the time, but it goes for adults too. Like we, we used to always tell the kids in the youth group, like you will be like your five closest friends. Just it's what, it's what happens. And we act like as adults, we won't. <laughs> right. So just understanding that the people that you've allowed into your closest circle have an immense impact on who you are and who you are becoming. And, and just okay. always checking the pulse on who those people are. I think it's great. You know, the first time my dad actually taught me that, he was like, you know, of course, the whole thing you are, you know, who you hang around or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, nah, whatever, you know. So, <laughs> um, and he he was like, so my dad was, you know, in in um, education, and he goes, pay attention to how kindergarten teachers talk. It's true. All day long. It's true. And he's like, pay attention. And I was like, okay. And then I, <laughs> I was in school. And I was, I was like, oh my god, you're right. <laughs> like. Let's go to the da da da. And I'm like, they're talking to each other. These are adults communicating yeah. to each other as if they're, you know. And I know that it's isn't like always the case. We're not talking about a perfect, you know, uh, example here, but it really, I was like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. How, uh-huh. you, how they think, how they communicate, how you like your context, your, yeah. you know, what's poured in, what's poured out, like all of that just really matters. And so, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Okay. That was, that was just a fun, I don't know. <laughs> Um, and here's our fourth one, which is my favorite. <laughs> um, and, uh, it's a, a piece of why staying in fellowship is so important is that you need to also stay in accountability. Um, Ooh. y'all, if you listen to this at all, you know how I feel about accountability. Um, you need people in your life that are like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yep. Yep. Or that you can, you know, talk to them about things and, they, and that they're just honest with you. Um, and they kind of like, we, we talk about it in power, right? They just have free yep. reign to speak into your life. Um, and depending, depending on your experience, like um, the word accountability may bring up good things or bad things. Um, and, I, and I really, I kind of laugh and think back to like, you know, the church camp days and somebody's like, they're going to be my accountability partner, <laughs> you know, 
You mean that boy you like? Right. No. Uh, so it really needs to be, you know, one of the, the same, you know, gender would be important uh, in this. Um, and accountability is way more than having people in your life who call you, you know, that who call you out. It's about having people that truly call you up, that they encourage you, they speak life into you. Um, it's connecting with someone who you trust um, and, you know, but that they are, can confidently speak truth and love into your life. Um, and even if you've been burned in the past with accountability partners, I think the really cool thing here is that it's a good thing to actually practice giving someone access into your life. Mm -hmm. um, it helps us to take the ownership. So just because like I've been in accountability with somebody and I put all of my trust in them and it went really badly. And I think you know, if you look back on that, I think the question would also be, they may have maybe not been great, right? But what are also the places that we expected them to fill that they are not yeah. able to and shouldn't have that's really only for the Lord? Yeah. I think a lot of times we can tend to lean on our accountability partner for things that they just cannot provide. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, and if someone's never been an accountability partner, you don't, you know, this is a relationship you kind of figure out together. And just, and again, going back, read the book boundaries for the 700th time if you haven't, you know, and just making sure you understand, you know, the thing I need from you, right, is that this is an area I struggle with. And I, you know, would love for you to ask me about that. This does not have to be your best friend. It's great if you have healthy friends that you can be accountable to. Um, but this doesn't have to be that this can just be somebody that has permission to speak into an, an area two or three of your life or, that you're like, you know what, I've, I've found myself like really wanting to disconnect from people. I'm an introvert. You know, I've spent this last year in quarantine and I don't really want to get back out. And I, and I know that that's not good for me. So I'm asking you to yeah. help, you know, kind of ask me about it. If I know you're going to ask me about it, then I know I'm going to do it. And sometimes too, I mean, I always encourage you to have accountability outside of this, but sometimes counselors can serve as that a little bit for a little while, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, Somebody very, very recently, I was like, yeah, so you need to go be by yourself. And they're like, okay, I'll plan that. I was like, cool. So when, mm -hmm. when are mm -hmm. you going to, when are you going to yeah. do it? You know, yep. just those small things like that can be a part of it. And so if you don't have anybody, but you're like, I do have counseling, it's okay to like kind of bring them in and go, Hey, like, this is something I'm trying to do. Help me, you know, be accountable to that. Yeah. Um, even if it's in the counseling space, but we just have to have it. I think we have this idea too, that like we only need accountability if we're struggling with something really difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and while yes, that helps, you know, when it's something really hard, you know, drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever, like the big bad thing is we think it is. Um, how cool is it that we have accountability just in like, Yes. You know, I've noticed that when I get really busy that I'm not seeking the Lord and they're like, hey, I've noticed you're really busy. How's it going with you and the Lord? Yep. yep. <laughs> you know that it's just someone that gets to pay attention to something in your life and how like seen and known and cared for we can feel in that. Um, and also like, you know, yeah, you're right. These are, this is what I've been doing. And okay, what am I going to, okay, what are you going to do differently? Like that yeah. there's actually a, you know, we, we used to do this for like, okay, you're going to go like for discharge and this was in a different program. You're like, okay, so what are you going to do? You know, well, I'm going to get up and go to the gym. Okay. What time are you going to get up? Uh, seven. Great. And w you know, when are you going to go to the gym? Uh, eight. Great. Which gym are you going to? <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, this gym. Okay. Where's that at? How long are you going to be there? Like actually like digging into like, what is the plan mm -hmm. and, and that someone has, you know, access to even just those small things 
ask about it and you yeah. have to actually think about it. But what I think, an answer. I think what's so great about what you're describing is that it's being driven by the person who is receiving the accountability. Because yeah. if you go to, if you've come to any of our trainings, you know that we are like, <laughs> you don't write the process out for somebody else. You tell them, I mean, they tell you, here's what I want to do. And I want you to hold me accountable. That's when it works beautifully. When I can right. tell my friend hey, I am really struggling in whatever, uh, being in the word. Let's just use one of the stay-ins. Like I'm really struggling with being in the word and I want to do, and you know, for them to say, okay, you're struggling with being in the word, then here's what you need to do. You need to read this on this day and then read this long and then tell me this and that. No, that's not helpful. They then turn to you and say, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? And then you're like, you know what? I want to, you know, uh, a couple of times a week, I want to spend an hour in the word. And next time we get together, I want you to ask me if I did it. Like they, and like you are the one saying, this is what I want. This is how I want to grow. And every month I want you to ask me or every week I want you to ask me how I'm doing with these exact things. I just think when it's being driven that way, it's just a beautiful thing. And then I can't get mad at my friend for asking me. I told them to. Right. <laughs> this was a mutually agreed upon thing, you know? So I think that's when accountability can just really be a very beautiful and helpful thing. So, um, Anyway, guys, that's your four stands. Um, but I'm going to kind of just add one last piece that, you know, in Keys to Freedom that we talk about a lot also is just this idea that when you talk about maintaining lifelong freedom, it's also having this forward look into your life of like dreams and vision and having that for your life, um, you know, because honestly, sometimes when you're in the hard work of healing and working through stuff in your life like sometimes you really need to know why it's worth it mm -hmm. and what is on the other side of it yeah. um, and I remember man when we were putting keys to freedom together years and years ago somebody came to mercy and spoke and shared this analogy and it was so good that we just asked her for permission we were like can we put this in keys to freedom because this is this is such a perfect way to tie in this idea and it was it was just the story that she told about like seeds and she kind of used just this whole analogy of seeds and how, you know, every seed, like if you think of an apple seed, I don't know much about seeds or, you know, vegetation <laughs> in general, but apparently every seed holds inside of it everything that is needed for that seed to fully grow into what it was purposed to be and what it was planned for it. So everything that's needed for an apple tree to be an apple tree is in the seed of the apple tree. So the bark, the branches, the roots, the, the apples, the color, the taste, all of it is actually in the seed. And the seed, this is what I love about this, the seed doesn't lack anything that it needs to become what it was always intended to become. And I love this because what, you know, what you shared through this teaching was that like we've all got seeds of purpose and destiny and vision in our lives. And we carry inside of us, the God, like the Lord has put inside of us what we need to fulfill the purposes that he created us to fulfill. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that sometimes, sometimes those seeds in our lives have not been nurtured well. They have not, they've been gr trying to grow in super toxic environments. And yeah, like if, you know, a seed is planted in a toxic environment, it's not going to be everything that it was meant to be, right? But right. this is the story that I absolutely love that she shared. She talked about this, this story about this basket. I don't know if this is actually true or not, but <laughs> I'm going with yes. Um, uh -huh. But it's this basket of wheat seeds that have been sitting in 
one of these pyramids in Egypt for like 4,000 years. Actually, now that I'm remembering the whole story, it is definitely true. This did actually happen. This okay. whole thing would fall apart if this wasn't actually true. Um, so it had been sitting in a pyramid in Egypt for 4,000 years. Okay, a basket of wheat seeds. And this tourist one time asked the tour guide if anyone had ever actually tried to plant one of the seeds to see what happened. And the tour guide you know, said that, yeah, someone had actually taken a few of the seeds and planted them. And even though the seeds had been lying dormant for 4,000 years in the desert of Egypt, they actually grew into healthy stocks of wheat once they were planted and they were cared for. And I love that story because what that tells us that is even, even if the seeds of, you know, of, of purpose and destiny in our lives have been placed in the wrong environment, it's never too late. Like you may have faced a whole lot of um, darkness or difficulty or isolation or trauma or whatever in your life, but the seeds of purpose that God has placed inside of you, they're still there. Mm -hmm. They haven't gone anywhere. And it may have been 4,000 years in the desert of Egypt, but if they're planted in the right environment and nurtured, they can still grow into everything that they were meant to be. Um, And I just love that. I love that story. I love that analogy. So when we talk about this key, I always love bringing in that seed analogy, just because it's encouraging for especially people who've really just had hard lives to say it's not too late. God's not done. What he put inside of you from the beginning is still inside of you. And it needs to just be nurtured and grow in a healthy way. Yeah, that's good. And we talk about this all the time, but I think it's important to remember all of the time, um, you know, that God is a God of process. And so the process of the the growth, being planted in the right place, being fed, all of this, you know, if it seems like too much, it's not. It's just how it works. And so he's not trying to punish us or make our lives more difficult. What he's doing is trying to have us come into alignment with how he created us to be. Mm-hmm. And that is in his word, in fellowship, in accountability, in community, you know, um, in, in, in his church. And so, um, you know, his wisdom, his sovereignty, like he knows that things are grown out of process that just would not occur, you know, if we didn't go through the process. Right, like right. Even if there's instantaneous healing, for example, or deliverance, right? So we talk about that a lot. And we've known people that have been delivered from addiction, for example. Mm-hmm. You still have to learn how to walk in healing. Yeah. You still have to learn how to walk in freedom. Just because you may not desire to use drugs anymore, if you've never been healthy and never been, you know, free, you still have to learn how to do that. It's all still a process, you know? Um, And we get so focused on not wanting to be uncomfortable that we miss that the the amazing things that are happening in the, in the uncomfortable places. And so, you know, just, you know, just a few people, Joseph, Moses, Esther, there's just some of those, some of those guys uh, that had processes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's, and so just remembering that, that God's still working and he's still moving even if it is not the timeline that we would like, which yeah. is typically now, I'd like for it to be now. Yes. Yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, that Philippians 1, 6, right. Of just being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion mm-hmm. until the day of Christ Jesus. That's and also crazy. just another one I talk about a lot too, is that Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good, right. For the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so there's a lot of scripture about timing and process. And so our takeaway for today is that we just really want to encourage you with a couple of things. First, take the time to get alone with the Lord, ask him 
where he would have you use your gifts for his glory. Thinking about Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So what are those things that he would have you do? Um, what are the the desires he's placed on your heart and the dreams that he's placed on your heart? And, and think about it just from a context of if there was nothing in your way, right? So, because we like to think about all the barriers, yeah. <laughs> but just if there was nothing in the way, right? Just put that kind of miracle in place and then talk to him about um, where he would have you use your gifts. And then the next thing is to ask him, uh, which of the four stay in areas does he want you to focus or grow in this next season of your life? And specifically, how would he have you do that? Is it to seek out an accountability partner? Is it to dive into a community that you have to be vulnerable with? I said have to, that you uh, need to be. That you get <laughs> that to you be. Can be. Yes, that you get to be vulnerable. <laughs> um, you know, and <laughs> And here's the thing, guys, I'm the extrovert of extroverts. I can be vulnerable. I can do all of the things. It's not easy. Okay, <laughs> so let's just be clear. I want to be clear, but but it is so worth it when you find a community yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, it is that you can just really connect with and be yeah. known and know them. Um, it will it will matter forever. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. It'll matter. To be honest, it'll kind of ruin you. Like, in a good way. Like once you've experienced what it's like to be in true community with people that where you're vulnerable and real and you just, you know, you've gone to that place. It's like you, you realize like how awesome it is and how rich and full your life is. And then you, yep. you're like ruined for anything less than that. Yep. <laughs> like I remember when, when my husband and I started going to a, a new church after we got married, I just was like, Oh, I know how good it can be. I know how that kind of community community can look. And until I have it again, I will be dissatisfied. <laughs> right. So I know that's not where we're landing. The plane here is on this, but I just, I love that one. When it comes to fellowship and having people in your life, it's just, it's so, you, you don't even realize what you're missing out on if that's not something that's part of your life. So that's um, right. whether that's it or the accountability piece, or I know for me right now in this season, the most convicting stay in is being in the word. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I read lots of books maybe about Jesus or listen to sermons about Jesus. That's right. I'm praying. I'm right. a small group I'm in, but man, like my just time in the word has been lacking. So different seasons, different things, guys, but maybe just seek out the Lord is like, I mean, none of us are perfect in all these. So just what's God, what's one of these areas that I can grow in right now? And what can I do about it? I think that's a great takeaway. So anyway, no, I know what I'm going to be asking you about. So okay, Brooke, well, if that's how it's going to go, then you can tell me after the show, what I'm going to ask you about. Uh, nothing. I do everything well. <laughs> So yeah, yeah I'll let you, I'll let you outro. Sorry. <laughs> All that to say, guys, this is wrapping up our um, series on the keys to freedom. And as we started this series, we, we shared that we have released an updated edition of keys to freedom that we are really excited about. I'm really excited about the new cover. I think it looks really great. I'm really excited about some of the content that we have just kind of you know, refined a little bit. I've, I've been trying to make sure that people know and it's very clear. We did not change any of the content. The primary mm-hmm. content's all the exact same as it's always been and it was in the first um, edition of the study. But um, we've just refined some things. We've kind of shored some things up. We've expanded on a few topics that we thought we needed to expand on. We've updated a few of the reflection questions throughout the study. There's just a lot of different just enhancements that have been made throughout um, that I'm pumped about. So. 
If you have not done the Keys to Freedom study, I can't encourage you enough to get it and to, you know, really kind of dive deeper into all of the keys that we've covered in this series um, and just see what the Lord wants to do in your life. Um, and then tell us about it. <laughs> we love hearing stories. Right. We love getting testimonies. There's nothing more fun for us than to be able to hear how God is using this um, resource to impact people. So uh, mm -hmm. stay in touch. Um, but this wraps up that series. We're really excited about some of the shows that we've got coming up in the coming weeks. So we hope that you'll just continue to join us here on Mercy Talk. Thanks, guys. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.